out before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, uh, this is uh, uh, going to be an interesting week uh, because we're waiting on an indictment for President Trump. And uh, we're also learning more and more about uh, the Biden crime family. So we are going to be playing a lot of that today. And then uh, a lot of information about that, a lot of commentary on that and uh also one of the other uh, aspects of what's happening in our world today is that we are going to uh, explore the expansion of globalism and what is actually happening um you know it seems to me like it's a behavioral uh agenda uh i think that what we see is uh is this psyop on a grand scale? And I felt I, I came across uh, a woman named Laura Dodsworth. She's a Brit, and she was basically saying, "Why are intelligent people so easily tricked?" And uh, she came out with this book, and the book is quite interesting as well. Um, it was just uh, it's about the mind and how. And it's something we've been saying here for for a long time, that uh, the science behind climate and pandemics and coercion is 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 built from uh, marketing strategies. You know, like uh, mar- marketing is a social science; it's a behavioral thing. And so, I wanted to explore that a little bit today. Um, because I, I think that that is a huge part of what is happening in this culture war that we are living through right now. And the book itself is is called Free Your Mind. It's by Lord Dodsworth. I would recommend it. Um, we're going to go ahead and get into some audio clips, and we're probably going to start the audio clips a little earlier today because we have a lot of them. And um, But first, I want to check out a couple of other news stories. 
For example, the Obamas said that they were nowhere near Martha's Vineyard when the tragedy of Tafari Campbell's death occurred. Well, there's video of Tafari Campbell swimming like a pro. I mean, the guy, that was one of his fitness activities. He was an advanced swimmer, swimming laps in a pool, super athletic. Um, and the Obamas, why did they lie? They said that they were nowhere near Martha's Vineyard, but it turns out, the private chef was on the island because Barack Obama was there. Initially, the Obamas said they were not home. Now their office has been forced to clarify that they were on the island, just not at their residence when Campbell drowned. Why did the Obamas lie is the question. And, you know, the Clintons also had the chef, their chef, die mysteriously. So, um, Charlie Kirk writes this, important, a cabal of over 300 far-left activists groups are looking to hijack the United States Postal Service. You could imagine why, right? Mail-in balloting? Which is something we should ban. There should be no reason we have mail-in balloting of any type. But they're filing two remaining board seats. They want to fill two remaining board seats with progressive activists who will fire Postmaster General Louis Louis DeJoy, DeJoy, uh, a Trump appointee. They want Biden to replace DeJoy with a progressive to uh, ready to expand vote by mail in 2024 to the Dems' advantage. They are also demanding that Congress pass legislation to make sure voting by mail remains safe, secure, and easy. Well, of course, their election rigging depends on vote by mail. I've told you before, and I'll tell it to you again, it's exactly what's going on with the fraud, and it's exactly why we have the open borders. It's one of the reasons. People are using this this Border Patrol app called CBP-1, they're filling out, and then you got Catholic Charities, the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Charity Groups that are funded by governments and NGOs and Soros-like groups. And they're processing all of these migrants, these illegals that are, you know, coming through the uh, open borders. And they're collecting database information. And what they're doing is... They're coming from all over the world, all around the world. And they're basically filling out the app. And then they're setting up an appointment, almost like a concierge service, to come and seek asylum. Now, there was a Supreme Court judgment just yesterday that came down that said uh, that threw a wrinkle into Biden's uh, asylum plans that uh, they can no longer claim asylum in the way that they're doing it. And we're going to get into that a little bit more in a little bit. But what they're doing is they're, the, the data that, you know, when someone, one of the things that they get is they get like a phone and they get some other stuff. Well, and then they're told that they have to appear in court. All of that is a formality that they never appear in court. But it's an excuse to collect their data. And then what they do is with that data is they mail out a ballot. That ballot's never going to be seen by them. They're never going to see that ballot. 
the ballot's going to be mailed out somewhere that they're not going to be. And it's going to be picked up by a harvester. And it's going to be filled out by the harvester. Like that movie that uh, Dinesh D'Souza put out, The 2000 Mules. They're going to be packaged up and dropped in a drop box. But the U.S. Postal Service is going to be a huge part of this mail fraud and this election rigging. Because it's not about winning hearts and minds of American voters. It's about ballot collection and farming and processing and harvesting. And it's all illegal. And the, the one caveat, the one asterisk to this is that there's no way signature verifications are going to match. There's just no way, unless they automate the process and they can get the signature to match too. But I guarantee you then, if that's the case, that the signature is going to be a printed toner and not an ink, not a handwritten signature. So there's going to be a problem with signature verification for sure. And that's why that signature verification case in Arizona is still very important. And I'm hoping that it has some legs somewhere. There's got to be an appeal somewhere. Because with a lack of chain of custody and with the ability to to actually rig the machines and without signature verification and proof of that or proof of um, chain of custody or identity, you, you can't have this kind of voting in a country like America. The richest country in the world is being run by a bunch of uh, globalists. We've been taken over by a foreign entity, and that entity is not even a country. It's a corporation. So Charlie Kirk continues, they are also demanding that Congress pass legislation to make sure voting by mail remains safe, secure, and easy. They call it the Save the Post Office Coalition, but it's just another ginned-up crisis by far-left activists with a solution that helps Democrats game our elections. Senate Republicans must stick together and peel off Mansion and Cinema. Peel off Mansion or Cinema to ensure the U.S. Postal Office Service remains nonpartisan. Yeah, absolutely, and everybody knows it. We're not the only, we're not the smart we're not the smartest people in the room. How how do we know this and they don't? No, they do know it, but they're benefiting from it. So breaking, blow uh, to Biden admin. Uh, this is uh, by a reporter that I trust. Uh, blow to Biden admin as federal judge blocks new rule denying asylum to migrants at U.S.-Mexico border without online application or seeking protection in a country passed through. Judge Tigger delays ruling for 14 days pending an appeal. Rule followed Title 42 expiration in May. So, again, you're going to see the DOJ lickety split get right on that because, you know, they need every vote that they can. Trump is going to break the algorithm. If there's a third-party candidate, they're not even going to have an algorithm that's going to make sense. Because there won't be enough registrations. They're getting as many registered. So we have to take a look at the pattern of how these people are getting registered. Because illegals are not allowed to register to vote. But they're doing it. Their data is being collected. 
So why has Biden sent 43 aid packages to Ukraine? Because Zelensky knows the truth about Biden's corruption and is blackmailing America. That's why. And they allowed Zelensky to blackmail America with the Trump, the perfectly sound and good Trump call that we're now learning had great reason for Trump to be concerned about the corruption of the Biden crime family. So, yeah, hey, you should look into this crime with Burisma. And they said that that was sort of meddling in the election and that Trump was out of line and should be impeached. Now, Kevin McCarthy's making all these promises. He's going to promise to impeach Joe Biden while uh, endorsing Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, expunging of Trump's impeachment. And yet, Matt Gates on his podcast, is clearly saying he doesn't believe McCarthy as far as he could throw him. So there's a lot of wrangling going on here. I think people are calling each other's bluff. Like, don't talk about it, do it. But Kevin McCarthy said that he was going to release all the J6 video, and that hasn't happened. And he said, you know, there's been long talk about expunging Trump's Impeachment that was bogus. And that hasn't happened. Uh, The wall, they said the wall would be built. That hasn't happened, right? And um, now impeachment of Joe Biden. I I can't think of a more qualified candidate to be impeached than Joe Biden right now. But what do you get? You get Kamala Harris, you, you know, and more than likely you'll get a Gavin Newsom as a VP and he'll run for president, get the Democrat nomination and and uh, voila, you'll have Kamala Harris running for her old Senate seat, Feinstein's Senate seat. And that's, uh, I think, the way that plays out. But that's my prediction. That's a guess. Um, we'll see if it happens. So I wrote this. I wrote this this morning, actually. Uh, BlackRock ESG investments in super monopolies created by corrupt politicians. So BlackRock ESG investments or invests in super monopolies created by corrupt politicians pushing pandemics and climate scams are a sure thing. So BlackRock ESG investments in super monopolies created by corrupt politicians pushing pandemics and climate scams are a sure thing. Gas stoves and gas cars can't compete once banned, while their electric market competitors enjoy tax subsidies. Digital currency will keep you compliant. You want to complain about election fraud? You want to complain about... The fact that they're taking away your choice of a gas stove or a gas car while they get rich off of you being forced to buy more expensive products that they own and the patents to because they had a head start on the mark on that mandate in the name of climate and COVID and pandemics. Well, it's all a ruse. All of it. The climate scam is a climate hoax. The pandemic we know was a bioweapon that was designed to advance the globalist agenda. And nothing's being done about it. And now they're going to get control of your money too. It's exactly what is happening here. And this is what we're up against. They control the media. They control every aspect 
of your behavior. You know, I was watching um, a Netflix series show, and they had a couple. Then the next scene, they had a couple laying, lying in bed. And it was a male, female lying in bed. And then they went to the next frame, and it was two girls lying in bed. And I said, that right there is grooming. That's conditioning. That's basically trying to tell you that same-sex lying in bed is no different than mixed-sex, you know, heterosexual. Homosexual is no different than... uh, Homosexual is no different than heterosexual. And it's not true. It's just not... It's not biblical. It's not uh, based on Judeo-Christian values. You can't build a population that way. And I think that even part of this is the billionaires and the globalists and the Klaus Schwab's of the world and the World Economic Forum and the Black Rocks and the ESG people and the DEI people and the trans people, all of these people support the agenda of depopulation. And what better to depopulate than to... to to have relationships where you can't procreate. You can't reproduce. So, I mean, what, uh, you know, so it seems like it it fits like a glove. Nothing is really by mistake here. This is all part of an agenda. They call it Agenda 2030, Agenda 21. Whatever it is, it's scary. All right, so we're going to take a listen to some audio clips, and uh, this one is by uh, Laura Dodsworth. She's talking about the behaviors and the fear porn of climate and COVID. Let's take a listen. Uh, Laura, because you expose the fear porn during the course of the COVID pandemic, and now uh, they're trying to do the same thing about just a little bit of hot weather. You know, you've got Sky saying, oh, no, no one's going to want to go on holiday soon. It's going to be too hot. I know. I mean, absolutely. Gosh, we couldn't have planned... In a way, we couldn't have planned the launch of this book better because I think so many people are waking up to this feeling of a a net tightening, truth being squashed, institutions being captured and a, a real artificiality in news and messaging. I think, you know, trust in news at the moment is at, is at historic lows. So the messaging about climate at the moment is completely off the scale. You mentioned Sky News. There was a news report yesterday that said that a car had burst into flames on an L.A. freeway during a heat wave, but they didn't know if it was heat related. Well, of course it's not heat related. Mm. Otherwise, there'd be no cars in Saudi Arabia or the, the global south. What they're trying to do constantly mm. is link heat with danger. And the reason they're doing that, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. They probably supposedly have our best interests at heart. They're trying to encourage people to decarbonize their lifestyles um, and conform to net zero, which is a it's quite a contentious political policy, let's not forget. So back in 2021, the Nudge Unit and Sky wrote a joint report all about how to use the gamut of TV to um, influence people. And interestingly, in this document, which is it's quite astonishing in the audacity of its suggestions, including product placement and news segments, it says that TV has been used before for public health purposes, for instance, historically. So the key word there is historic. There's a real admission that TV is used for social engineering. TV is used for social engineering. Of course it is. And they're a huge part of 
everything we see. Uh, Why are intelligent people so easily tricked, she writes. This is an extract from the you know from her book, and it says basically, as a rule, I've found that the greater brain uh, a man has, and the better educated, the easier it has been to mystify him. So said illusionist Harry Houdini. He said it during his spat with Sherlock Holmes creator Sir Arthur Conan Doyle over the latter's belief in and fairies, and ghosts. Despite being a literary genius, Conan Doyle nevertheless had some foolish ideas. He's not alone. Researchers have even coined Nobel disease, referring to the tendency for some Nobel Prize winners to embrace unconventional beliefs. Charles Roche, for instance, won the 1913 Nobel Prize in physiology or medicine, but also believed in dousing and ghosts. Taken to the extreme, almost half of all German doctors in the 1930s, almost half, joined the Nazi party early, which was a higher rate than any other profession. Their education and intelligence did not shield them from the madness, quite the opposite. So, you know, when you think about the reasoning and rationale, there's a couple of, you know, reasons that they point out here why it might be. The first explanation is motivated reasoning, where logic is used to satisfy an underlying emotional motivation. Conan Doyle, for example, may have convinced himself of the truth of fairies and seances because he was struggling with the recent death of his son with a deep psychological need to fill. Conan Doyle's remarkable intellect simply provided the justification. So, I mean, you can get into a whole bunch of things there, but uh, the point that is being made there is, it, well, could could lend itself to why we see so many academics who take themselves way too seriously, you know, why it is that uh, over 95%, I think it's over 90 to 95% of professors in uh, major universities are liberal. Part of it is the hiring process, the intolerance of liberals, the censorship, and and the uh, old boys style network. But whatever it is, it's real. It's happening in our editorial boards, in our newspapers. It's happening in our academic. It's happening in our pharmaceutical industry. It's happening in medicine. It's happening in every uh, major walk of life. And they always used to say that Republicans were the rich ones. And the Republicans and their rich oil friends. But the richest people in the world, whether it's Warren Buffett or uh, Steve Jobs when, when he was alive or Tim Cook or, you know, uh, all the heads of Google and YouTube and uh, Jeffrey Bezos, um, you know, every Bill Gates, every one of them is a radical libtard with really scary ideas. Uh, that are just off the charts, maddening. I mean, one thing that they were talking about, uh, Sky News, I guess it was, is when you take a listen to this fear fear porn, um, this is just scary stuff right here. L- listen to this. This is a BBC scaremongering. Climate change could be more devastating than COVID. All right, let's take a listen. 
On the hottest day of the year so far, there's a warning from Wales's top doctor that climate change could be more devastating than COVID for some communities unless we take immediate action. Dr. Sir Frank Atherton says rising temperatures are likely to pose a serious health risk to the nation, as Ben Price reports. Several factors can lead to a grassland fire, but hot, dry weather plays a significant part. The fire service says a warmer climate can cause them to burn for longer. Last year, this grass fire on Machen Mountain near Caffili lasted almost a week. The flames were kept at bay, but for some local residents, the thick smoke was a concern for their health. Some of the people I was talking, elderly people, not the young, they were a bit concerned, they were a bit worried, like, you know. Concerned because of the smoke, because the effect it can have? Some of the people maybe got asthma and the effect, like this next door got it. So, as I was there... I could breathe really badly, but I was okay. This top doctor warns the impact of climate change on public health will affect communities disproportionately, with the poorest hit hardest. And again, that is just pure hogwash and baloney. Um, We have this excerpt that basically says it is completely uh, a ruse. A lie. And uh, so this particular guy is a leading scientist. I don't have his name handy, but uh, here it is. We had in Senate estimates last year, Malcolm Roberts asked the CSIRO, can you please give me a few scientific papers that prove human emissions of carbon dioxide drive global warming? Now, I know Malcolm well, and he he uses some of my questions that I feed him. And the CSIRO presented him with one scientific paper, and then it wasn't on the subject. So he asked them again, can you please show me that human emissions of carbon dioxide drive global warming? Now, it's a trick question. We'll come to that. They couldn't. This is a question that I've been asking scientists around the world for 25 years. I've asked journalists this question. I've asked politicians this question. It's no wonder I get cancelled because no one can show from the scientific literature that human emissions of carbon dioxide drive global warming. Now, let's, let's imagine that I'm wrong. And once I was wrong, but I was mistaken. But let's imagine I was wrong. And we say, OK... <clears throat> Human emissions do drive global warming. Well, the total human emissions are 3% of the total emissions that we get on planet Earth. So if you can show that 3% of emissions drive global warming, you have to show that the 97% of natural emissions, which come from ocean degassing, don't drive global warming. That's never been shown. So... We have built this whole empire based on something that cannot be shown. And in fact, you can show the opposite. The whole move with human-induced global warming has got nothing to do with the environment. It's got everything to do with deconstruction of the way we think and our society as a mechanism of unelected people gaining power. And I'm sick of it. And that's why I wrote this book, Green Murder. It's a full frontal attack 
on those who are leading the charge. I particularly like the part where they can't explain why 97% isn't to blame for global warming, but the 3% is. And uh, it comes at a huge expense. And that's why that tweet I put out today, basically talking about how BlackRock is investing in ESG and they're hedging their bets on parts of markets, whether it's the pandemic response or, you know, I, who knows when that's coming? Well, they do, right? They know when that pandemic's coming and they can, they can hedge their bets on that in, uh, with their investments. And uh, the same thing when you're in power, you can control inflation, you can control all kinds of different things and basically get the insider trading tip and get rich off of that information. Uh, we got John from Chicago area uh, on the line. Welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Hi, right, thank you, Scott. It's good to be here. Hey, so, you know, this, this BBC report that you played, and the British are among the most woke people in the world, the most politically correct people in the right. world, and you see it going along with their uh, <clears throat> their century-long decline uh, from great power to secondary status, which is truly where they are now, no matter what they think. But it reminds me of that old mock New York Times headline, world will end tomorrow, blacks and minority, I'm sorry, blacks and women hit hardest, right? You know, it's always a sob story about, well, this, this particular communities will be hit hardest. Really? I mean, they, they, they play that angle up always, um, you know, obviously. But uh, in, in, with regard to the specifics, they never really do give you specifics or they give you a dodge. It's almost always an argument from authority saying, well, we know that. Well, I, really? I knew that. I didn't know that. Did you know <laughs> that? But they presume that, and they presume this echo chamber. Then, yeah, we all know that. We, I know that. And, and finally, someone says, "No, the emperor has no clothes. Show me evidence." The subject is way too complex for most people to explain, so they don't know. And I don't expect them to know. But don't be so dogmatic about it. You know, I don't expect you to explain the the intricacies of climate, uh, but but don't expect me to, uh, to ex- accept a dramatic conclusion, a conclusion that basically will dramatically impact our lives as in every way, which is kind of the intent for some of these people because they can justify everything else well, by using the climate. Didn't, you know, didn't Cloward and Piven say tear it down so you could build it back up in the way that works best for you? Yes. So, I they mean, did. tearing down fossil fuels, tearing down combustible engines, tearing down gas stoves, tearing down anything that they don't have a, a, a market on or uh, they, don't have, they don't control the market. Um, and tearing it down is basically, in essence, saying, I want to get rid of my competition. I mean, electric vehicles would never really be adopted at all if people could still go out and buy an affordable gas-guzzling car, right? They would, they would just as – they were fine with that car and the gas pumps. Now you got a lot of buyer's remorse with these electric vehicles. Uh, it takes a half hour to fill up. You know, it's ridiculous. But right. in addition to all of that, um, the, the, no one's going to buy those cars if, if there's a free market competition. So they have to actually attack one part of the industry 
so that they could, you know, and not only that, but hey, if I want to sell more um, energy efficient refrigerators, first I'm going to patent the product. Then I'm going to actually tell you that you can't run that refrigerator or that stove or that this or that that, even though it probably would be good for another 10 years. Um, I'm going to now mandate that you have to buy and refit your whole kitchen. And guess where you're going to have to go? You're going to have to go to me. You're going to have to go to the BlackRock-owned company to buy that new Frigidaire. Yeah, well, you know, the, the electric engine, I believe, was available at the time of the outset of the uh, of the auto industry. In the 20s so they and 30s, there was the first car. It was, it was an electric car, right. I think. So they could have gone that route, but it lost in the competition with the uh, internal combustion engine. It was just a just an, a, an inferior alternative. That, so that did have its chance. People did too, but with the ideology of climate change, quote so to speak, or what we really mean again, it's, I hate to use their term, it's global warming, because the climate change. Well, it's always changing. You know, you, know, you can always lose that argument, like yeah. right? It's, it's it's either up or down. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Um, but it's, the ideology of global warming is what gets people to do this. And, uh, you know, then in addition to that, we don't have the grid, as I think you might have mentioned, we don't have the grid to accommodate the kind of demand for electric power that we created with all the use of electric power for, let's say, all the cars and, you know, virtually every else, everything else you could think of if you're going to eliminate That's where 15-minute cities comes and in. And, and that's, where, right. that's how they're selling the 15-minute well, right. city. That's the next step. Yep. That's exactly right. By the way, and the if you're not compliant, we'll take away your money. We'll freeze your accounts. And uh, I'm seeing well, more and more the, reports the, of the that Fed, happening, now, too. Yeah. What's that? Say it again. Oh, I'm well, seeing. Well, the Fed, well, yeah, CBDC gives them that power to take away your money to do that. Or if you're the Canadians, just freeze their credit cards. Well, I, I've but, been seeing a trend uh, on social media of people saying, like, their Chase, Chase cut their account. Like, just, you know, see, freeze their account. And it was, these were doctors that had... Big, uh, they were basically uh, big influencers uh, that went against uh, a globalist agenda, and th- their accounts were so, shut down. So it's something. That, yeah, if they if they had a bead on these guys, so if you know who they are, I can see it happening. Somebody who's anonymous, I don't know how they would know, but in that case, I believe that. I mean, they did it. Well, they did it to Nigel Farage through Coots Bank in Britain, where they debanked him, uh, and it was apparently because of his political views. So. It, it, yeah, they. I I do believe that, but the CBDCs obviously they'd have the power to, you know, make you. You know, it would be one of the ideas there is that they to make you spend a certain amount. You have a money in your account, but you have to spend it by a certain period of time because they want to micromanage the pulse of money right. in the economy. So you couldn't determine when you spend the money. So absolutely, I could see them doing that with the CBDCs. You would if you go beyond a certain distance, you can only spend a certain amount of money. Right. right? And that's how they would, and they would justify that with this climate zealotry. Just the last thing I wanted to say is, you mentioned uh, you don't know who the guy was. I'm not sure who the speaker was. He referred to Malcolm Roberts, though, who's an Australian senator. So my suspicion is they're out in Australia. He sounded Australian, so I, you know, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. But, no, uh, I've played him before, yeah. and I, I, I've mentioned his name in the past. Um, this clip didn't have his name, but I've seen him before. I trust him, um, but he's a leading. Um, Conspiracy, you know, uh, he's a leading naysayer to the climate agenda, right? Um, but but so is the founder of Weather Channel. I mean, he's not alone. Not There's a lot right. of other scientists. Like I played clips a couple of weeks ago 
of how CO2 follows temperature, not temperature being driven by CO2. Right. And I thought that was a huge study, and that was very legit. And not only that, but it follows it by about 800 years. And you can't deny, this is a fact, that the higher levels, we've had higher levels of CO2 in our world history, and those highest levels were always followed by an ice age. So how do you explain that, right? That you had higher CO2 levels, but then you had an ice age that followed it. And obviously it's cyclical. Right, I mean that's what what right. how the world well, spins, turns. Yeah, I mean you, know, you mentioned John Coleman, he's the, he's the late John Coleman. Actually, he used to be a, um, a Chicago weatherman, then he went to San Diego. You're right, he co-founded or founded Weather Channel. There's a number of fellows. I mean, Steve Gorham, I've mentioned him. He's an engineer out of Chicago area. He's he's another guy that talks about this. I saw something. He did a lecture. He did at the University of Calgary. It's about yeah, 45 minutes long. University of Calgary, back about 10 years ago. Very good explanation of the whole picture. And that's another guy who I would, I would refer to, right. or you could even have on the show. And, and then, very, very adept at this. And then, the, and then it's the cost prohibitive. It's like, you know, just like uh, Trump said, the response to COVID can't be worse than COVID, right? Well, the response to climate, uh, war, or global warming can't be worse than warming itself, right? $200 trillion is not feasible number one number two it's certainly not feasible when the west has to foot the bill for the world because china is blowing more smoke smokestacks lighting up more coal fire plants uh uh, coal plants than ever in its history because they're a so-called developing nation right but we know what that is that's about firing up cheap slave labor for blackrock invested companies to profit from it and the politicians well, are getting a piece of those profits by getting paid and uh, handsomely to vote for the policies that support this new world order, which is slave labor in the East, intellectual patent uh, and research and development in the West. Well, well yeah. The, well, that, think about the arrogance. We work. <clears throat> no, they work. We think. You know what? You, uh, there's some argument that in economy you need to have these lower level—I uh, don't even call it lower level—these manufacturing intermediaries to develop the higher skills. So if you don't have manufacturing here, it's a little harder. Well, it's harder, and maybe even impossible to develop the higher order skills where you really understand how to build things. If you don't, if you lose that skill in how to build things, your engineering base deteriorates. Right. You get less people going into the field, and your understanding of how to put these together in three dimensions deteriorates and ultimately then your ability to think and design deteriorates and that's what i would worry about right and the esg 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 carrots and sticks the esg score and the taxation associated with that score are a way to create compliance so that you know you can't compete and disrupt you know the belt and road initiative and the paris agreement and the way the things have been drawn up for the globalists in favor of well, the globalists. I, yeah, I, I think the I think Americans are de- well. The American government, I, I would argue, the globalists are against the Belt and Road Initiative because that will cut the U.S. out of the transit uh, between the Far East and the uh, and the uh, and Europe. You know, because there's that there's that and there's the INSPE, which is the International North South Transportation Corridor from Russia. 
to India. That's another big one. Those two, and those are actually in competition. Yeah, but, but there there are a lot of shipping orders, companies that benefit from that uh, ali- alignment. Yeah, but they're not going to be in the U.S. They're going to be in China, Russia, maybe yeah. Europe. That's going to cut the U.S. But, but Mitch McConnell, his wife is Elaine Chow, and they own a huge shipping company called the Foremost Group. Well, that's true. I think old Mitch will be dead by that time. But you know, I just just want to, you know, they, they they couldn't get China to go along, so they gave. I mean, I'm sure it's, China would have told them to go pound sand. So they say, oh, we'll give you an exemption. It's like Wimpy and uh, Popeye. I will gladly pay you next Tuesday for yeah. a hamburger that you give me today. Right. And I just say one thing about the climate. If you look at the, there was a medieval warming period. I know you probably know about this, but from like 800 or 900 to about 1300, there was a significant medieval warming period during which actually Greenland was colonized. And actually when Greenland, when people started to leave Greenland, what decayed was when the weather got cold again. But there's this, it's known, and then you were growing grapes in the south of uh, England, uh, as opposed to just in France. And the, the climate changed, and then just kind of abruptly changed back to what's called the Little Ice Age, around, you know, around, I think it was around 1400, 1450. And the Roman period was a warming period as well. So these people, yeah, it's... Well, you know, how are they going to account for China? How are they going to account for what? They don't, and they don't think about this. So many people are so arrogant about this, they don't understand the science behind it because it's difficult. And that's what's so frustrating because one of the things, I'll just conclude with this. Remember in that, in that start of that, that uh, clip you played from the BBC, Dr. Frank says that if we don't act now, yeah, if we don't act now, you know, basically the world is over. It's like we have to act now to right. stop the devastating effects of climate change. And they've been saying that since the 1980s. Oh, yeah. So it's just same old, same old. Just, uh, but it might what what worse, baffles my mind, well, what, what baffles that's, 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 my mind is how they get away with it over and over again. And not only that, but the same people that supported and believed the Russian hoax and the same, same people that supported Pfizer and Moderna and the vaccines that don't work. And this are the same people behind climate. You know what I mean? The same people that are pushing the J6 hoax. I mean, it's always the liberals that are supporting this, this nonsense. And they're pushing these hoaxes. The same people that believe just Jesse Smollett are the same people that believe in climate. You know, it's, right. it's just how in the world do you actually get to show your face again on TV and speak some more? If you're Rachel Maddow or anybody, you know, it doesn't make any sense how you could be so wrong all the time and still have a gig. Uh, Well, in America and in the West, in the West, I'm not saying the East, but in the West, the liberals control the narrative. And, you know, they say being a liberal means never having to say sorry. Yeah, right. Well, hey, look, I got a lot more things I got to cover, but uh, thank you for calling in today. All right. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, so we're going to get back on to some audio clips that we have. Uh, They're going to be pretty interesting and entertaining. So let's get to those. Um, First one I want to play is uh, related to the COVID scam. And this guy right here was uh, Mike Yeadon on the sequence of events which led him to conclude that the so-called pandemic was planned and coordinated in advance. Let's take a listen. Thank you for joining us. And you are a former uh, 
Vice President of Pfizer. That's good. Could you just tell us very briefly about your position there? So I was, until 2011, for many years, I was responsible for worldwide research and early developments in their field of respiratory and allergy new medicines. That was it. 200 people indirectly across a couple of sites. So that gave you a real insight in, into what was happening in early 2020? There's not very many corners of this industry I've not had some knowledge of. And when I started noticing former colleagues of mine, including Sir Patrick Valance, saying things on the television I knew weren't true and that I knew he knew weren't true, that's when the penny dropped for me, probably February 2020. I remember saying to my wife, this is not what, what they're saying it is, something's going on. And then when I saw not only my country locking down, but dozens of countries locking down at the same time, I would say to your listeners, that was proof, and it's still proof, of a supranational operation. There's no way it could have happened at the local level, at the country level. Uh, therefore, it must have occurred at the level above. Whether it was the WHO or the World Economic Forum or other, I don't know. But I'm convinced that action alone absolutely proves unequivocally that we didn't just get some virus drifting in and then, oh, we all panicked. They all did the same stupid, ineffective, known-not-to-work things at the same time, none of which were in their country's pandemic preparedness plans because I've read them all, right? So when I accuse these people of lying, I do it confident they're not going to sue me because I would say, come on, sue me. Um, I'd love to have discovery in courts. You will lose big time. And so they won't sue me. What they do is smear me and censor me, and I don't care anymore uh, because we're facing something much worse than, a, than a, an alleged virus. Uh, at the very least, the things people have been injected with, the, the injuries to people from these so-called vaccines, I'm afraid, I wish I could tell you that it was accidental, but it wasn't accidental. I've spent 32 years in rational drug design. I know and I knew and wrote it before any of them had emergency use authorization, that they were dangerous. And I'm afraid I'm convinced and would say, with my hand on the Bible in front of a court, a judge, that these, these uh, injections have been made to injure people, to maim and kill, deliberately. Thank and, uh, you know, and then there's something to that, because you, you basically have uh, these, these globalists like, Bill Gates here. Let's take a listen to this. Reducing the population growth. As reported by the Wall Street Journal and Times of London, in May 2009, on the initiative of Bill Gates, a small group of billionaires gathered at the Manhattan home of British biochemist and president of Rockefeller University, Sir Paul Nurse, to discuss how their enormous collective wealth could be used to solve the problem of overpopulation, in a meeting so discreet that some of the billionaires' aides were told they were at security briefings. Present at this highly secretive meeting were, among others, David Rockefeller, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett and Ted Turner, each of whom has, in the past, expressed a desire to significantly reduce the world's population. The negative impact of population growth David on all of our planetary ecosystems is becoming appallingly evident. The United Nations can and should play an essential role in helping the world find a satisfactory way of stabilizing world population. We've got to stabilize the population. When I was born, no, there were so too, what's wrong with the population? I mean, were too many people. That's what. That's why we have global warming. We have global warming because too many people are using too much stuff. 
But if there were less people, they'd be using know, less stuff. It, you know. Mr. Turner, um, I was wondering if you think it's a good idea to reduce 90% of the population because we are being overpopulated by a lot of... 90%. 80? Prince Philip said 80, sir. Um, I go with 85. I think 2 billion is about right. I think 2 billion is about right. The world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. We could lower <sighs> These are monsters, right? It's, it's all happening. And the only way that they maintain power is if they rig the election. So let's take a listen to this audio clip here. That's doozy. If I was the deep state and I wanted to destroy America, I would rig the election with a puppet candidate. One that was so compromised that they would never say a word about it. I would create a false flag that allows for mail-in ballots. I would be in charge of the ballot counting machines. I would create a false flag to blame all who question the results of the election. If I was the deep state, I would prosecute anyone that went against me. I would sue and prosecute anyone that spoke up about the fraudulent election. I would use my powers to shut down all your internet businesses and bankrupt you. If I was the deep state, I would make everyone an example why you should never question a Democrat ever winning an election. I would imprison my foes. I would use my corrupt DAs and blackmailed judges to destroy you. I would make sure all crimes I ever committed never happened. I would prosecute my biggest competition. I would make sure they could never run for office ever again. If I was the deep state, I would convince everyone that Ukraine Nazis were good and women are men. If I was the deep state, I would own every politician that mattered. If I was the deep state, I would push my pedophilia ambitions on you. If I was the deep state, you'd question your sexual identity but not the medical establishment. If I was the deep state, you would fear to ever resist me. If I was the deep state, you would wish I was really the devil. If I was the deep state, I would say mission accomplished. That's uh, pretty powerful stuff right there that's been floating around on X. Uh, I think they're calling it X now. Uh, so exclusive. Hunter Biden's gallery sold his art to a Democratic donor friend whom Joe Biden named to a prestigious commission. How do you like those apples? So check this out. This is uh, from the Business Insider. Legit. Totally legit. Insiders learned the identities of two of Hunter Biden's so-called friends who were also buyers of his art. Internal gallery documents show the sales of Biden's art brought in $1.3 million. One buyer, whose identity is unknown, spent $875,000 on 11 Biden artworks. So on the campaign trail, President Joe Biden pledged that he that there would be an absolute wall between his official duties and his family's private business interests. The Biden White House repeatedly made reference to that. And of course, he uh, reneged on that. But $1.3 million for a piece of Hunter Biden's art. It's pretty, pretty doggone scary. Um, all right. So the, 
let's see, where am I? I'm going to find my next report. Oh, this is uh, this is kind of an interesting um, tidbit. I wanted to actually talk about a little bit about um, Hunter Biden today. I don't think we're going to have time for that. But take a listen to this. This is uh, Byron uh, Byron Donald's uh, quick clip. The crossfire hurricane investigation, it was a lie. They lied to the FISA courts. They spied on Trump's campaign, all because Hillary Clinton was supposed to be the next president, and everybody got scared that she might lose. They were covering up for her at the time, so they lied. Obama was briefed on the fact that she lied, and Russia collusion was them interfering in the 2016 election, but they weren't successful. The 2020 election, the cover-up of the FBI Form 1023, the cover-up of Hunter Biden's laptop, the cover-up of the fact that, yes, the Bidens took millions of dollars from Burisma in a public corruption scandal, including Joe Biden, and they covered it up. That was interfering in the 2020 election. And now here we are in 2024. Indictment after indictment. Even if you want to say that there's a document issue, that's a process issue. There are no criminal provisions in the Presidential Records Act because presidents are allowed to have a back and forth with NARA for a five-year period. It hasn't even been three years. This is the Democrats destroying the very fabric of our country because they want power. They want to institutionalize their agenda. And when Donald Trump became president, it was a pause in their ability to institutionalize their agenda. Across. <laughs> That's so true. Quick, quick down and dirty right there. Um, so I want to take a listen to this particular clip. This is by George Carlton Carlson. Education. Education. In education sucks, and it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners, the big, wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got They They spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. Critical thinking. <laughs> there you go. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to check out megapack.org. Make a donation if you can. It helps us remain commercial-free here on the Scott Adams Show. So megapack.org, make a donation. It helps us remain commercial-free on the Scott Adams Show. Also, use Red State over at MyPillow.com. And uh, we'll see you next time on The Real. We're a stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.